0: Crew, this is Mark Haddenmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Uh, Let's talk headbutts. Uh, The whole title of this, uh, we did a a print version of this one over in the Indigenous Ability blog, which you should have to take a look at that, uh, titled Ram Butters, B-U-T-T-E-R-S, or the Fearsome Headbutt in Early Combat Use. Uh, This is uh, that material, plus a little bit of an expansion. As I digress and rant a little, not really rant, we'll just expand a little bit on it. I mean, we all know that the headbutt is a fearsome weapon. While, you know, it's seldom seen today date it's given a lot of lip service in close quarter battles, precincts, but seldom is it trained, and we've got to be honest with this, so seldom do we train it beyond these little mock nods to the target. Now, it rears its modern head, yeah, I hear it too, in, in fictional combat in the pages of like Lee Child's Jack Reacher Chronicles, and it, there's probably not, not a fire where the headbutt doesn't pop up in there, because it's mighty useful, and it appears as a nonfiction tool of choice in certain biker clubhouse altercations, much, much more on this later, and uh, our last large-scale legal use of the tactic was in the early days of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, which was you know, pre-time limits, so pre-weight class, and of course, pre-initialized rebranding of the event. Now, uh, some martial arts still make much ado about the headbutt from uh, you know, Burmese layway, or a.k.a. Uh, Burmese boxing, where the t- tactic can be called galtight or galtita, and I'm probably getting that all wrong, the pronunciation, forgive me there. Uh, we also see it in caboeira. Where I'm really interested in it is wherever we see it show up uh, in- inside the States. Uh, we'll see it from the Gula population and we're going to be much more on, on how it really shows, shows up over here. But anyway, let's let us leave behind the uh, recent uses where the martial use of the skull is given in short shrift and travel to a time when the headbutt in all its forms was far more common and accepted as part and parcel of the scrum. Now, we, before we trapes into this arena of rough and tumble, no rules play. Let's have a look into two realms where legal or close enough to pass for legal uses were still making their appearances. Now, in early boxing, early pugilism, the early days of boxing was rife with accidental, incidental headbutts, as were there certain purveyors of sneaky intentionals. I mean, we've got all sorts of tools there, from the nods, the rises, the wags, etc. I mean, we've covered these many uses of the head in early from early boxing and our instructional products from illegal boxing, uh, the book Savage Strikes. Uh, More video material, the complete pugilist, extreme boxing. We've done a whole lot there talking about these early uses of it. Now, if we take this over to the early professional wrestling era, I mean, the real era, uh, we've got uh, early wrestling also had enthusiastic use of the headbutt. I'm going to give you one notable example being Sorokichi Matsuda. It's also seen in the early uh, bills as Matsado Sorokichi, who had many memorable tussles in the catch arena, uh, and he wrestled on the now taboo ring name of the jab. That's how he was billed, uh, versus many opponents as storied as William Muldoon and Strangler Lewis. So, I mean, this this incredibly welcome. Conditioned athlete, smaller man, was in there playing with some uh, real giants of the game. In some cases, actual physical giants. Now, Matsuda gained a reputation for breaking opponents' ribs when the aggressive uh, headbutt to the body. Now, uh, those of us who are already working on the old school, the real rough and tumble leg dive, which is not a double leg takedown, okay? Those well-schooled in this rough and tumble leg dive in all its vicious forms recognize pitting, P-I-T-T-I-N-G, and headbutting is a large part of the success of creating that hip shelf that makes leg diving so bafflingly easy. Now, for more on the actual tactical we'll how to do this here, Black Box uh, Volumes 233 and 234, actually the upcoming one in June as well, where we keep expanding on that, but... Uh, uh, if you really want to get down in the weeds how to do it instead of just hearing about it, well, take a look at those volumes there. Now, I'll, I'll link to it in the show description if you want to go take a closer look at it. Now, if we move beyond uh, the sportive aspects, we go to the streets, the docks and the alleys, etc. We step outside of this early sport. We encounter the headbutt as a tool of choice amongst dock workers, longshoremen, stevedores, and in ports all over the world. Each region providing its own nickname for the tactic, from the Liverpool Kiss to the Barbary Butt, B-U-T-T, to my favorite, the Pardon Me. Now, why does it show up in ports all over the world, not necessarily, uh, necessarily start from... Uh, these interior regions. So there's. Uh, I'm not going to cover that today, but there is. Seems like if we really do our historical research correctly, there's a very good reason for it showing up here, and uh, and also why it started trickling throughout the southern United States as well. It seems to have uh, moved across, and there's some headbutt duels, and uh, we're going to get in deeper to how this likely happened, and some surprising uh, uh, connections, and some other crazy tactics that moved along with it. Now, let's move along to indigenous use. I mean, uh, historian T.J. Deshiobi uh, cites many instances of the headbutt use in Creole fighting. Now, here Creole is uh, referring to any melange of uh, fighting styles where African combat arts are imported via the slave trade and then mixed with the rough and tumble port city variant. And it's not necessarily limited to New Orleans uh, region. We often hear Creole. We think Creole cooking, Creole food and thing. You know, that's where we're, we're centering. But it goes beyond that. Now we find the tactic used in some plains tribal fighting under the names of like Sol Nuaru, Kawitsu, Tsonikaru, and So now each of these being a mighty different expression of using the head as an unexpected point of delivered pain. And again, we will demonstrate these mighty useful variations in upcoming black box volumes, as well as these Creole iterations, and also uh, the surprisingly somewhat safish ways to train them. Because most of the time, as we know, as we said before, we trained a little bit of a headbutt, we kind of fake it at the end of, uh, of, of, a, of a demonstration chain. There's ways to train it without actually you know, giving yourself you know, CTE all down the line. Now let's uh, continue on a little historical sojourn here. We take a look at lumberjacks and mining camps. Now the lumber camps hijack sessions, uh, H-I-G-H and J-A-C-K hijack sessions, these are the scheduled or unscheduled all-in altercations. Uh, basically, just you know, it's a fight, it's a hijack. Also, uh, see we see aggressive and copious use of this tactic often conjunction with what's called stump work, which is a curious amalgamation of high and low attacks. And allow me to say when you experiment with it, it's mighty hard to protect against these conjunctions. And again, you will provide drill templates for these for the uh, black box subscribers now let's move on to the mighty rivers of the americas because uh, nowhere in my research and i do mean nowhere do we see the absolute love of variety of wild ass angles hell and hair raising incidents of use of the headbutt, butt that we see occurring on the rivers of frontier america Kill boatmen, flat boatmen, steamboatmen all seem to have an absolute love and familiarity with this fearsome tool. We see it used in the High Line, as one would expect in a staggering variety of ways. We also see it fired to the body, as we found in Matsuda's incarnation of in rough and Tumble uh, Leg Dive Pitting. We find it used in conjunction with weapons. That we find it as an offense, as an opener, a defense, a grappling assist, and even as a form of dueling. Yeah, You, you heard that right. Headbutt dueling. Now headbutt dueling. Uh, this is also where we get that opening phrase, "ram butters." Experts in the use of the headbutt in combat were called ram butters. These rivermen were so proud of their headbutting prowess. We even have an account from 1860, reported by Richard Edwards, in which a proud purveyor of headbutting takes on a rambunctious billygo in a headbutting contest. Now I'm going to leave the gory details with your copious to the imagination but let it be said the goat did not survive and a post-billy goat duel disagreement over bets about this little duel led to another altercation between two humans where there was more headbutting, and then also turned complete rough and tumble and a few fingers were lost due to the biting okay now after this duel the ram still wasn't done A second goat was summoned for bragging rights, and the results were a little different and far-bloodier, and it ends this time with a well-placed horn from the victorious goat. Now, indeed, the headbutt of yore was a different animal than what we think of today. I mean, it took far more tactical performance than we could even imagine today or maybe even even be able to imagine. And there are kind of safest ways to train it. As we saw, well, I think, one of our, our first podcast episodes, we, we discussed red scalping, which was the early frontier use of hair pulling tactics. And we discussed how to safely work that way, uh, even w- working out the kind of uh, gear and helmets you can make to, uh, to do that. And you can do the same thing here with the headbutting. Again, we'll do that for the Blackpot subscribers. Now, even if we do not resurrect all these prior uses of the headbutt, I, for one, can do without headbutt duels and life-or-death contests with billy goats. I mean, I guarantee you there are more than a few things to be learned by modern-day enthusiasts of self-protection. And that concludes today's sermon. Hope you enjoyed it. If uh, you want more info on this, have a look at that Indigenous Ability blog. I'll, I'll link it there in the show description. Or if you want to move from just listening or reading about stuff and actually doing these things, you know, putting the uh, historical recreation and resurrection to use, uh, have a look at the uh, Black Box Project over there at the ExtremeSelfProtection.com. Again, I'll link that up and have a look. And perhaps you want to jump on board this, this old school train and uh, ride along with me. Have a good one.